is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown, Bulldogs! It's the MBSP Season 4, Episode 3. Brandon Worth is sitting across from me. I'm Joe Nagy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. But before we dig into everything, we have some breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking sad news. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth has died after Rest a 70-year reign on the throne. Can you believe that, Brandon? That It's been a long time, man. Uh, obviously, pay your respects for sure. She was an icon uh, in the world Dude, of she England took over, for so long. How long is 70 years ago? Yeah. like What was the year? She took over when she was, what, 24? 25 our probably age probably pretty close like she would have been born in the 20s then she was born like 26 yeah like pff, that's a long time so she took over in like the 40s uh, uh i think pretty so much. somewhere around there yeah well i don't actually know the full 49 history or something like that but yeah maybe it was like somewhere yeah it had to have been at least it was 70 years on the throne i know that for sure so that would have been 50 it would have been 1952 or 19, yeah, somewhere around 1952 when she took over. And just to think about, like, there's so, there's like over half of the, like, the world population that hasn't even lived that long, let alone served on a royal throne for 20 plus mm-hmm. years more than that. Isn't that crazy to think yeah. about? I'm telling you what, Charles, though, has been waiting for this day since it's Charles' time since now. He was born. It's time for his time to shine after this <laughs> 10 day mourning period. That's going to go on over in England. He's going to get ready to take over the throne. You sound much. invested in the United Kingdom political network. I just, I don't know. I just find it fun. I don't know. Every <laughs> once in a while I look over it, but that's crazy. Camille is going to be the queen now. Yeah. Some Lady Lady Diana uh, enthusiasts will kind of be mad about that. but <laughs> <laughs> See, he's the expert. Whenever I have questions about royalty, I just go to Joe. He's the man. I really don't know too much. I just know about Lady Diana. That's about it. Okay, that's fair. Anyways, anyways, we should probably hop into this. Yeah, this is not a political podcast. This is a fair state sports podcast, and we have an awesome show for you. We got a great interview conversation with Isabella Sabo of Ferris State Soccer. You're going to really enjoy that, as well as previewing the weekend ahead, uh, as well. NFL is back. Believe it or not, it starts tonight as we're recording. Bills, Rams, Thursday night football. We'll go through our picks and maybe even... Maybe a little extra segment at the end of the show. I know Joe's excited for it, so we'll make sure that you stay for that. But without further ado, let's swing it to the interview. Now joined in studio, Bella Sabo is with us from Ferris State Soccer. Bella, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Bella, once again, thank you so much for coming on. First question for you. We talked a little bit before uh, we started recording Uh, You don't have as many games in the belt as we should have by Mm -hmm. now. The road trip uh, down to Missouri, uh, not as many games played, as well as the Northwood game got rescheduled. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what's that kind of looking like now, especially going into the season with just a little bit less games, especially with some tough opponents coming up? Yeah, I mean, it definitely sucks that we weren't able to get, you know, that extra opportunity to really prepare for conference and, you know, see how we're doing. But... Uh, you know, I don't think it set us back too much. We kind of, you know, know what we need to focus on and know our strengths and weaknesses at this point in the season. Um, obviously there's still some things that we would have loved to work on at that point in time, but, um, you know, overall, I don't think it was a major setback and we did, we were able to reschedule that game. So I think that, you know, in the middle of season, um, to get a break from conference will help us to give a breather. Um, even though it does go towards our, you know, overall record, but it won't affect us in conference. 
Yeah, for sure. And obviously, you guys coming off of two uh, two games against GMAC opponents with mm-hmm. uh, Walsh and Ashton, in which you got a 2 nothing win against Walsh. Uh, yeah. How did that feel just to get that playing well Sunday? Maybe not played as well Friday, but mm-hmm. then bounce back Sunday with a really good performance. Yeah, so I think, I mean, we still played good Friday. I think that our issue Friday was getting the ball in the back of the net. I mm-hmm. think that we did a really good job with uh, possessing the ball through the midfield and the defense. I think that one area we struggled with was Friday was attacking in the final third and just getting you know those final crosses and shots off and so going into Sunday that was one thing that we really wanted to focus on was making these dynamic rock dynamic runs into the box so we could focus on finishing I definitely probably should have had one myself um I I hit a few over the net but you know yeah I remember seeing that one yeah that was a tough one tough one to miss yeah but you know I mean I think that it was still a good opportunity people were getting shots off we were getting into the box you know they didn't have one shot on goal the whole game um so I think that we did a good job on Sunday of really focusing on attacking in the final third while also still um possessing in the defense and through the midfield because that was one thing you know we try to are putting everything together you know not just focus so much on one area where the other area goes down so for sure, for sure. And for college athletes, uh, you know, transferring is a big decision. And that's what not, not a lot of people know about you is that you're a transfer mm-hmm. uh, from a D1 school. So it kind of what was that thought process for you when you wanted to come to Ferris State? And especially going from a D1 school to a D2 school, you know, what are some of the differences that you saw, like not only in like facilities and stuff like that, but with competition? Yeah, I mean... I ultimately wanted to win. I wanted to be at a good soccer program, and I loved my team at my old school. They were amazing. Um, you know, I just we weren't getting the results that I wanted to, and I was sick of losing. I I couldn't do it anymore. And you know, when I was transferring, I was thinking, okay, you know, I could go to another uh, Mac school that's maybe you know middle of the pack. Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, I'm gonna win half the games. Win, you know, lose half the games that's no fun still. So when I was looking at programs, I was like, okay, where am I going to have the most success um, individually and as a team? And so, you know, when I was transferring, they had just won um, the regular season. Ferris did for women's soccer. So that was also a big factor in why I chose Ferris. And Greg was awesome. You know, I had multiple conversations with him, really enjoyed his coaching style. And I had a former teammate, um, Carissa, on the team now who I talked to. And I was like, hey, you know, just got to lay it out for me. Be completely honest because I've already gone through one bad situation at this school. I need, you know, to make sure I'm confident in making the right decision. So she also helped a lot with that decision as well. Really cool. Yeah, that's a really interesting story. And just like everybody's like decision on choosing schools and moving schools is so much different too. It's really cool to Mm -hmm. hear that perspective. But uh, obviously uh, coming over to Ferris and being part of the soccer program, not only that, you're uh, in a part with me and Joe in the sports Mm -hmm. comp program. How has that been like? It's been awesome. You know, um, sports management was new at my old school. It was the first year that they had done it. And so I was really fortunate with the opportunity to experience that there and then also experience communications here. So I think it's kind of cool because I got two different sides of the sports world. I got, while we're still doing management within communications, but it's more focused on communications, it's nice to bring my knowledge from my other school into it. And I kind of like how it's like everything is a little bit smaller within the programs because I've gotten to know you guys really well and it's like I can actually go into the classroom and be like oh hey like I know these people and it's not like I'm just you know filled with random people every day so that is definitely a benefit sweet for sure and especially with a lot of uh, players who make d1 rosters and decide to either just transfer to d1 school or d2 like what's the biggest thing that you've noticed switching from a d1 to d2 school (sighs) we (laughs) 
I so I have a lot of D1. We have multiple D1 transfers on the team, and yeah. we've kind of talked about this before. And I would say maybe the speed of play a little bit. Uh, I think it varies on who you know who we play. I think the high high level D two teams speed of play is very similar to D one speed of play. Um, but you know when you get into like the lower teams in D two, there's a major difference mm-hmm. there. And uh, I would say the MAC, specifically the conference that I came from, was very physical. And I mean I would say so was the GLIAC, but uh, the MAC was I think specifically known for their physicality. And so I think that sometimes when we do play lower teams, you know, the physicality is also something that really drops. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and certainly a contest that will probably be physical um, coming up Friday, <laughs> the big one against yeah. our rivals, uh, Grand Valley State. What's been the prep like this week going into this game? And what are some things that uh, you guys are really looking forward to doing against Grand Valley? Yeah, no. So we say, you know, take it one game at a time. You know, you got to focus on the next game that's coming up. And so, you know, obviously we had success against them last year. You know, we didn't lose to them all season, so that was a great thing. But, you know, we're a new team, new people. Um, and so we got to carry that confidence. But at the same time, you know, come out with the fierceness and say, hey, we're not going to lose. We're not going to back down. We can't fear them. We are a new team. Yes, we are young, but that doesn't matter. You know, we have veteran leadership, very good veteran leadership. And, you know, it's just been um, kind of bringing everything together. You know, like I said, focusing on the attacking third while also maintaining, maintaining possession through the midfield. Um, you know, it's it's just been kind of bringing everything together this week and saying, hey, we got to go at them. There's nothing to fear. We did it once. Why can't we do it again? Yes. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, Let's do yeah it. for sure. Yeah, after it. And you mentioned, especially with a team being young this year, and mm-hmm. a Conference is as tough as the GLIAC is. You yeah. have such good teams. I mean, SVSU made the playoffs. Uh, Grand Valley, obviously, national champions last yeah. year. And you have Michigan Tech, Northwood te- uh, teams like that who can really uh, shake up the business yeah. with that. You know, what's kind of been your role with these younger players, kind of teaching them through such a competitive conference as well as kind of getting them ready for uh, college soccer? Yeah, you know, just taking them under the wing and, you know, any answering any questions they have, you know, just kind of being extra friendly, being like, hey, seriously, you know, if there's anything you need, come talk to me, come figure this out and you know obviously there's different positions on the field so kind of um if you have a younger player you know that's playing with you trying to show them the ropes and show them how we press and how we get up the field and how we possess and where to be in the defensive um when we're pressing like where to be in the defensive line so I think that that's been a major focus is like really getting the younger players adjusted and doing honestly anything um you know we can to help them just making them feel like they're part of the team and that they're not any different from us for sure yeah absolutely and uh one curious question that i've always had is whenever we see uh, everybody on the field together there's always one distinct thing uh when we see you on the field and that you're wearing a purple headband is there significance <laughs> about this purple headband no. is there a symbolism or is it just you know that's the color i'm rocking today you know i don't know i think every year i kind of find the color my freshman year was um blue and this year's just been purple. I don't know. I think my hair is black now, so I always like purple and black together. I think it like accents my hair very well. So it's just been, just been the color. You know, well, I, I, I was wore. Say, one... Maybe you went to like Dunham's or something, <laughs> found like a, like well, a four did. for one I deal. Just, with no, this I one's did. on sale. I, have, I don't know. I have yeah. a pack at home of like four, um, four things pre wrap. So I'm just like, why would I 
go buy more when I still have three packs at home, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, I did rock, hey, I wore one, white one time, but it was on a away game, so. Oh, okay. Uh, that was like it. At that point, you might be messing <laughs> up. It might be a stu- superstition. Yeah, no, oh, seriously, man. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. All right, I'll stick with purple the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We're not going to tell you what to do. You got, oh, you yeah, got your long, thing. Hey, look good, play good. That's all yeah, it's going to exactly, be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, we also ask a lot of these uh, athletes that come on the show about the CAP, the Center of Athletic Performance yeah. coming in. It's a very exciting thing for Bulldog Athletics, but, you know, with a little bit of a delay in construction last mm-hmm. summer or uh, yeah this last summer that was coming around you know what are you looking forward to especially since uh be slated to finish out of this semester next semester what's uh what's kind of kind of be catching your eye what are you excited for yeah i'm just excited to get in there and use it <laughs> like you know <laughs> we're teased every day with just sitting there and looking at it and i go every time we lift at seven o'clock in the morning i'm over there looking i'm like okay what they had you yeah. know what's new so i'm just excited to you know get in there and use it you know they ferris put this project in work for us to use it the student athletes and to get something out of it and so I'm just ready to get in there get to work and you know be able to use everything that they um you know bought for us and that Andrew you know wanted for us to be the best we can be for sure sick uh, Belly, we appreciate your time. We got a final question for you. We always mm-hmm. like to ask athletes on this show uh what's been your favorite thing about being at Ferris State and being a bulldog? Hmm, okay. Um I would say probably the community. I think that um, being in a smaller community is nice just because you do get to know so many people on a more personal level, um, which is, I think, why I steered more clear to smaller schools versus bigger schools. So I think that's definitely been a great thing is to get to know everybody in the community within athletics and in the community. And everybody's been so nice, so open. Like I've met a lot a lot of the people here which is nice because that was definitely one thing I was worried about with transferring was I'm a big people person and so like you know you never know how it's going to be coming into a new atmosphere so I think that just you know the people in the community have been awesome that's great yeah, it's really great to hear. That's one thing that we hear a lot with all the athletes is mm-hmm. that they love the community of Big Rapids as well as, you know, the students and the students, student athletes really get along too. Yeah, which for is really sure. cool. I mean, we've seen it in class. I mean, we were partners with a project last year and yeah. we were able to uh, encounter a lot of different people last year as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So. But Bella, thank you so much for the time that you put away, especially, you know, practicing class. Mm-hmm. Just super busy for you today. Yeah, uh, no But problem. we wish you best luck tomorrow. Thank Thanks you so much you. for coming on. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Once again, huge thanks to Bella Sable for coming on the show. Really appreciate her taking some time out of her busy schedule, especially getting ready to play a big rival Grand Valley coming up tomorrow. Uh, we really can't thank her enough for coming on the show. But we'll hop right into the Fair State Women's Soccer that's going to be coming up this weekend. Brand talked a little bit with Bella, but we got Grand Valley coming to town tomorrow. That's going to be a huge game. Rematch of the GLIAC, or GLIAC Championship, defending national champions as well. It's going to be a great game. This is going to be a great game. I learned that I have the pleasure of being on the call for this one, hey so yo. we're not able to make it. You can hear my voice talk about the, what's going on That's on the pitch time. live. That's 4 o'clock kickoff. Super stoked for that. But, yeah, it's going to be a huge matchup. Like, this is... This is the way to come out of the gates guns a-blazing with your schedule, playing the top competitor in the GLIAC, and obviously, as Joe mentioned, one of the top teams in the country as they ran the table last year. So uh, definitely going to be looking um, a little bit at what happened last year um, in the GLIAC tournament to be able to kind of get an idea of, you know, we can we can still do this, you know? Like, it's not impossible because we've seen it before. We can do it again. 
it's going to be a really fun campaign to watch, and that's not just because like this team's going to be very good this year, but like we've proven that we can beat these teams. I mean, we did that in the way um, to getting to the GLIAC tournament. So uh, it's going to be one of those games where we're going to see a lot of tactics thrown all over the place. There's going to be changes left and right. So how are you going to be able to adjust is going to be the biggest part of the game. So I think this is going to be really a, not only a battle physically, uh, but mentally. Coaches are going to be throwing out everything they can, especially early in the season, because uh, we're going to have to go down to GV um, October 16th, which is just over a month from now. Uh, so there's going to be a lot to look forward to. I think our offense is in a good spot, looking really well, and had a lot of opportunities against Walsh and finished a lot of them, especially with Isabella Zamberini having the hot foot right now um, up front. So going to be looking to get her the ball, but I'm sure they're going to be targeting her, but mm -hmm. we got a lot of rounds. So being able to lock down defensively and win 50-50 possession in the midfield is going to be, I think, the two keys to be able to win this contest. Mm -hmm. And GV is coming off a 1-0 loss against Minnesota State. Uh, that was a tough one for them. It was pretty even all throughout, 16-16 on shots, pretty even as well as shots on goal, 8-5 to in favor of Minnesota State. Uh, so they're obviously going to be coming here, especially opening up uh, GLIAC play. They're going to want to start off hot, especially seeing that it's us, the defending GLIAC champions, are the only ones that could really uh, throw them off their game at all. But it's going to be good, especially seeing that they're going to be coming to the Bulldog soccer field first. I think that's going to give us a good kind of uh, situation, especially to have that come or that familiar ground we'll be able to play on. But it's just going to come down to our defense kind of stepping up and playing well. When we are kind of clicking, I mean, we saw it against Walsh. We weren't really allowing too many goals. I think it was what? six to zero on shots on goal. Yeah. So if we're able to really step it up there and kind of close off that, I know that they really like to kind of play that side ball, high crosses in. If we're able to kind of close it out and get some offside calls uh, going our way uh, when we're on defense, that's going to be the main thing about it. But GVSU knows how to put the ball on target and knows how to get shots off, as we've seen from their games so far this season. They also split a 2-2 a draw against, um, I believe it was, one sec, bad radio, terrible radio, <laughs> Central Missouri. They <laughs> yes, played to a 2-2 two, two, two draw. So they're obviously wanting to get that first win. Uh, we were able to get a first win against Walsh as well. So hopefully it'll be a good game. I'm really excited for it. And I'm really excited for this Davenport game Sunday as well. The Gliac yes. Rings presentation yes. is going to be a big one. And Davenport is no slouch of a team either. Yeah, for sure. And looking back to, obviously, um, as mentioned earlier, um, being able to beat them in the Gliac tournament last year in the snow, um, definitely not going to be the same game. We're not going to uh, We're going to definitely see. It's supposed to be nice out tomorrow. Yeah, I think we there was only 15 shots total in that game altogether from the snow. Uh, we could see more than that from both teams by the end of the contest for sure. Uh, I think both teams offensively are very, very strong. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to see really how our defense responds. I think they can do a really good job. Uh, and I think like we, we got to really be able to – not only establish the perimeter uh, on the outside, but in the middle as well, because we saw uh, Ashland gave us some fits up the middle. We yep. really could not get anything center across frame towards the net, so we had to try to go outside, and I suspect is probably going to try to limit the outsides because that's what gave us success against Walsh. So being able to establish possession and really take care of it and get good looks uh, is when we play at our best. So, And if you're going to have to beat the best... You have to play at the rest. Mm -hmm. um, two two players you should probably watch out for. One, Brindley Bell and Isabel Zambri. They were the two uh, players who really were the spearheads of a lot of our offensive efforts last weekend, especially seeing up the side. They're two incredibly fast players, which is insane. Like, 
they turn on the Jets when mm-hmm. they hit the outside, and they're able to really get some opportunities on the ball uh, when it comes to passing in as well as bringing it down the baseline. So I'm really looking forward to those two players being able to make some noise this weekend, especially seeing that Izzy Zamborina scored two goals against Walsh, almost had the natural hat trick in the first half. It's going to be a tough test when Grand Valley State comes to town as well as when the Panthers come to town on Sunday but it's going to be a good weekend for soccer. Oh, yeah, and Jesse Bandick, who was the one that had the goal last year, she'll be back again and maybe we will be time. able to sink the Lakers. You'll just have to find out Friday. And as well, the Panthers on Sunday, which will be just as good of a game. Uh, Davenport has had uh, an all right start to the season. They're, they're not as, as probably as concerned, unfortunately, as GV is, even though they're a really good team just because of the rivalry sake. Uh, but, yeah, GLIAC Championship ring ceremony certainly going to be mm-hmm. cool. Uh, and it's just going to be a really unique event, having all the family out. Uh, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really good game as well, and I think we're going to see uh, it'll be definitely a much in- – it'll be interesting to see how Friday goes and then seeing how Sunday because um, we saw that last week. Uh, Friday didn't play at our best, and Walsh, we made adjustments and played much, much better. Yep. So we could see uh, – hopefully we see two wins uh, over this upcoming weekend, mm-hmm. and we wish all the soccer good luck. And we'll see them on the home pitch, South Athletic Complex. They need should they get a new name for the field? Well, I feel, I feel like, like it should that's... be something that's less less of a mouthful. Yeah, like we should like name it after somebody. Yeah, like Naggy Field or something okay, like well, that. Not, like, well, why, why would we name it that? Why would we name it that? Because you're a soccer enthusiast. Yeah, you already have I, your ties to England, Joe. It, yeah, because I pay attention to a documentary <laughs> one time about Lady Diana. No. <laughs> no, we gotta name it something. We gotta come up with a name. Bulldog Soccer Field, pretty pretty generic. That is generic, yeah. I mean we have like the center of athletic performance, which I mean that's understandable. It's I think really we'll probably not... name it after something soon. Eventually, yeah. I'm I'm very surprised that there's not a name for it because we have changed we had a, a name donor, of a particular though. building already only after like two years, you know. Yeah. The David Eliezer Center, which uh, did you read the no Dylan Ryder's uh, in opinion on it? It was very interesting about I just, not read it yet. Yeah, just the fact of like how they did that the name changing process so fast from the um, from the UC to that the David Eliezer Center only after a year he's retired. So usually that takes time, but very interesting read. You should pick up a torch because me and Joe write in there, and you can follow our yeah, content you should there. Watch. You should read it. We write good stuff. We do write good stuff. We do have good stuff. Good feature stories. There might be a soccer feature here coming up as well. There will be uh, a that's feature brand, coming that's up on bread volleyball. And butter right there. The features and football. That's really all I've got in the fall so far. But it's going to be a great year for content because our teams are going to continue winning. Right, Joe? That's the truth. Exactly. Anyway, moving over. Gridiron. Big one. Big Saturday. Lenore Ryan, 14th ranked team, will be hosting us. Uh, they will be leaving, I believe, tomorrow morning. Um, from what yep. I've heard, a long drive ahead, um, and potentially flying. Not sure exactly how they're getting there. Maybe it's a hybrid of both. Who knows? Uh, but it's going to be a big game. Uh, definitely two ranked teams, and Lenore Ryan certainly had this one circled on their calendar. Facing the national champions is something that you do not get to do often. So. They're going to be coming mm-hmm. out guns a-blazing. They have a pretty good defense. Uh, our offense definitely has the firepower to make this a, a very quality contest. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see how we have a plan of attack. Huh? Seeing the pass-first offense last week was definitely a little interesting and definitely had its yeah. little bit of quirks. Um, so I'm really curious to see what Coach Nice and that offense are looking at doing for this upcoming week. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the first time I'm actually on uh, Lenore Ryan's website right now. It's actually Lenore Ryan's first time taking on a number one uh, 
team in the nation. Is it really? Yeah. Yep. They have they've taken on number two and number three plenty of times, but they have not taken on number one. But it's going to be a good game. Lenore Ryan is ranked either 14th or 17th. I can't really tell because they have a little slash in between. I heard 14. 14. Yeah. Even better. It's going to be a great game for great game between the two. I think the only thing we're going to have to worry about is just there's not going to be a lot of Ferris faithful there because that 11 hour car ride kind of takes away a lot of people's ambition to get to the game. So, but we've been in places where we've had to go in pretty hostile and not have a lot of fans. Like, I mean, we went out to Central Washington a few years ago, got to business. What was it, forty-five to ten or something like that? Oh, it was sixty-two it was, to twenty, I think. Oh, even actually. worse, even it, worse of a beatdown. Yeah, fourth quarter was all ours, and hopefully it stays the same. I mean, mm-hmm. the, they're definitely a good quality team defensively. They're very good. Um, it definitely looking at how they played against uh, Virginia State. I think it was they mm-hmm. played in week one. Um, who's a good team, uh, but I, they're not as quality as us, obviously, as they're mm-hmm. unranked. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see the plan of attack. Uh, they they held, uh, I want to say, Virginia State to under 100 yards rushing, um, which they probably have a pretty decent front. They look like there's a lot of veterans on that side of the ball. Um, but, I mean, offensively, they, they had their little bit of struggles too. They had possession a lot but just couldn't get anything going. So I think this is going to be definitely a battle in the trenches is going to be probably the number one focus because yeah. uh, our offensive line is still growing. Uh, they made a lot of jumps over that course of the game against Central Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to ride that momentum, especially after a long ride, is definitely going to be very interesting because when we can run the football effectively and then get play action pass big plays – that's why when we all can be the number one defenses team. are going to be scrambling. Exactly. But we said it last time, and we said it already a couple of times in this show, offensive line has to show up and play pretty well or else Malik's going to be scrambling. We can't really get anything up the middle, and that's going to be one of the problems if we can't do that against Lenore Ryan because they have a good defense. And if that happens, defense on our side has to step up and really bail us out, which I think we'll be able to because we are we have one of the best defenses in the country, if not the best. Oh, yeah. And we we're gonna be lights out on defense. I yeah. feel like it's just gonna be if Lockdown. offensive can really offense can really step it up and offensive line can have a little bit of redemption from what they had before. Yeah, defense. Even so, I mean, Malik had what three three sixty three fifty yards. Something oh yeah, like yeah, you threw over three hundred yards. Yeah, absolutely. On only twenty completions. Which I mean, you have the the seventy five yard or sixty five yard from Xavier in the first quarter. Oh, yeah, but, but in there, still but still two hundred. That's still like two ten that you threw. Oh, at least yeah, I would even under, say pr- under pressure more, the whole time. More than that, yeah, under pressure. So it's going to be fun. I you did mention the defense. I think what the fans would love to see more, and I think it's going to come the more. Uh, obviously, week one, you're still kind of getting back into the swing of things a little bit. I know that's a generic thing to say, but it really is true. Uh, just because you can try to you can try to stimulate a scrimmage or a spring game in that environment, it's not close. It, it's really not as comparable. No uh, but definitely would love to see uh, our defense get after the football. That's what really made us great. Um, that's how we won the GV game last year uh, as we forced turnovers, being able to get our offense more possessions and then get them clicking from the defense because that's what we heard from TA over in that post game was riding the defense to get pro um, get momentum on the offensive side, get them more opportunities to click. And as we saw later in the second half, especially for the first portion when they got it going, it was really hard for anybody to stop them. Mm-hmm. And I think too, if we're just gonna get, if we can give Malik just a little bit more time, we have two guys who could easily go D one in our receiving core. Tyrese Hunt Thompson and Xavier Wade could easily go to the next level, and we got two guys who are basically just 
vacuums when it comes to throw when it comes to throwing the ball to them. So if we can really step up that way, really kind of clean it up with just some of the fundamentals, we're gonna be doing pretty solid, and I think we're gonna walk out of Lenore Ryan with a W. Yeah, we hope so. Kickoff set for one o'clock from Hickory, North Carolina, but you can watch the game. Watch party at Top Taggart Field. I believe mm. gates starting at twelve thirty to open up. You can bring your lawn chairs, your blankets, and you can bring all... Like a projector? They're going to have it on They're the... going to have it on the video board, apparently, which no, not... is okay. all right. I, I was very curious to see... I'd rather watch it at my house. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure exactly, because like the, the, like the video board, it's it's a cool concept, but it's not as big. It's like, not it's a gonna big It's going to be kind of hard board. to see, yeah. Like, you'd yeah, almost wonder... It's if... only like, what, six by eight? Something like that? Yeah, it's like not as huge. Unless they have another one that I just don't know about. I'm not totally Unless sure. Unless they're unveiling a brand new one. Uh, Who knows? Maybe. But... Oh, no, no. I mean, we heard that they're doing it in basketball and volleyball now, so they're going to be getting in some new screens. Hockey might be as well. So, I mean, with the full upgrades going on at the athletic complex, we could have construction all year long, so we, we never know. <laughs> uh, but I believe it's $5 for adults. Uh, all Fair State students can be in for free with your ID or children under the ages of 17. Mm-hmm. And under right. according to the website, so you can be able to watch Ferris football from Top Taggart Field. Might not be on the field, but it'll be on the board, uh, and you can watch that there. You can mm-hmm. follow that along at fairstatebulldogs.com. That's, that's big time, and it's going to be the last weekend before GLIAC play starts, if I'm not mistaken, Brandon, yeah. right? Well, well, for football? For football, right? Uh, not quite. Not we, quite, We got week, we, So we got a week off oh, this yeah, upcoming Northwood week, Waldorf, Finley. And then we'll be and then in GLIAC play. play. Oh, yeah. I forget that Northwood dropped out, so yep. it's a week later. Yes. But should we still hear who the GLIAC teams are going to be playing this weekend? Yeah, let's look at the G- let's uh, GLIAC Let's give scoreboard. it a look. Like we said, 1 o'clock kickoff. Fair State is going to be traveling to Lenore Rhine. Also at 1 o'clock, Wisconsin Oshkosh is going to be taking on Northern Michigan Wildcats. Bowie State is going to be taking on Saginaw Valley. St. Thomas Tommies are going to be trying to take on the Huskies of Michigan Tech at 2 o'clock at St. Thomas, so that's going to be pretty cool to see them. We know that they're one of the other D2 teams who have gone D1 in hockey, so it'll be cool to see how they play in football. Shaw University is going to be taking on Wayne State. That's going to be a good bounce-back opportunity for uh, the Warriors of Wayne State at 6 o'clock and then 8 o'clock. Colorado St. Pueblo, I think, is welcoming Grand Valley State. And that one's going to be a good one as well. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So going to be a lot of good matchups across the board in all sports. And we'll make sure to get you those scoreboards for all the sports if you subscribe to the show, which you can do on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Do it. Anyway, moving on over uh, to cross country, home meet, Ray Helsing Bulldog Invitational hey, State for that Saturday. For course, Joe's going to be there, guys. You can meet Joe if you come to the meet and you can tell him say what how I much look you like. enjoy the you show. You just got to figure out. You just got to figure out who Joe is. You just got to figure it out. Yeah. You're not going to know who Joe is. You're just going to walk around until You'll you just randomly ask who, uh, I have Joe. have blonde hair. Are so you Joe? figure it out at that point. Oh, no. You gave too much, too much away. I feel like now it might be easier. People. Well, yeah, maybe. You definitely have the blondest of blonde hair. Oh, that that'd be sneaky, actually. You'll probably wear a hat anyway. I did though. just get a haircut today, so that is true, and it's looking fly, dude. Don't even you're gonna let me. You're gonna give me my feels too much, oh, man. Oh, I know, I know, but it's I'm gonna, not gonna lie, pretty good cut today. Not yeah, it looks it looks very solid. So, uh, women will start at nine thirty. Men will be at ten o'clock. Uh, it's gonna be fun, obviously. Uh, I know it's very fun for me uh, and a lot of the other local guys being able to run a, uh, a race. Uh, in college that we ran in high school, super cool. Uh, and just a rust buster, really. Get, get the racing legs under, uh, certainly going to be the main focus. Times won't be as necessarily as the, the main focus. We'll, we'll leave that for Louisville and Spartan later on and uh-huh. some of the other races towards the end of the season. So uh, it's definitely going to be a great race. Looking forward to a great crowd there. We got 
Um, we got a lot of good things going right now within the program. I will say we got a lot of upstart young talent, and I know a lot of the veterans have really come together and really put in some great work over the summer. And so it's really looking forward to being able to put that out. So it's going to be really fun. I encourage everybody to come. It's only for the morning. You don't have to be there all day. It's only going to be an hour. Uh, and come watch us run fast. And oh, then a crazy man. What can, time is it again? Nine yeah, o'clock. Nine thirty is when the girls race starts. Yes, so then 10 o'clock is when the men's are slated to start. So you'll be out of there by 10.30. You can go eat lunch, and then you can go to the Bulldog Watch Party. That's true. It works. It just works. It does work. So it'll be fun. Uh, It'll be slated on Khaki's Golf Course. So it's going to be a little hilly. um, But for a viewership perspective, there's a lot of loops. So you can be able to see uh, all of us going back and forth without much maneuverability. I know cross country is probably one of the most physically demanding uh, spectator sports out there, but it's not yeah, too bad. Go ahead and get some exercise. Get some exercise. The course is close. You're not going to have to run all over the place. I promise you that. Uh, but you're going to be You'll able probably to probably get a golf cart from Khaki, most likely. Yeah, maybe. Pull some strings. Talk yeah, to the right people. We need to talk. You got to find the right people for that. Exactly. So you can make sure. Follow that information now online. We're going to have some blazing fast times against some good competition. Uh, we got some fellow Gleeck teams coming in and we got our Gleak rankings released and I can tell you one thing uh some of our teams aren't happy that Gleak's sleeping on I believe us, it including myself I believe it Gleak you done messed up you gave you us did. some motivation what Gleak so, teams are going to be there so I'm going to say uh no I think the only one on the men's side is uh Lake State um, but the wow. women will have Northern will be coming back, which is cool. Uh, Megan Langworthy and Kate Langworthy, who are from Big Rapids, will be able to run on khaki one more time. So they'll cool be coming beans. down. Um, so the women will take on Northern and Lake State, I believe. But we just have Lake State from the GLIAC. We also, there's a couple mm-hmm. other teams like Rochester will be coming and a couple others. So uh, it should be really fun for us just to be able cool to see beans, where we're man. at, man. It's going to be fun. I encourage cool people beans. to go. Hey, it's the only one of the year that's home. So come. That would I'm be not even very encouraging. I'm demanding. Show up. If you're a fan of the show, you can come watch. You can come meet me and Joe after there, and we can we can chat it up and talk about how great the podcast is or what we need to change. Or if you mm-hmm. want to be a guest, you could just even shoot the breeze right there. Dude, just, you just got to show up. Yeah, you just got to show, show up first. So, That's true. Saturday the 10th, 9.30 and 10 o'clock, Bulldog Invitational, Khaki Golf Course. Be Sick. there. We're going to run fast. Anyway, Sick. final, well, not final sport, but final sport uh, at home this weekend uh, will volleyball be volleyball coming to town. Coming back, and you know, it's the big 5-0, Joe. The 50th season really? of Bulldog Volleyball. Dang. Home opener this weekend at Wink Arena. Dang. So, and gonna you're going to be on the call. I am going to be All on the call. All season you're going to be on the call. Yeah, so limited edition opportunity. Thank Harrison and Rob for hooking me up with that one. Super excited to call the action. Uh, really enjoyed doing the regional tournament last year. Uh, for the games. At least I was there. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Um, but it's going to be fun. Wisconsin Parkside coming to town Friday, 7 o'clock in Wink Arena. Uh, really, new team, new season, new location, new everything. So it's going to be super fun. Uh, I talked to Coach uh, Brandon Wilhelm uh, before, and she was really mentioning about how uh, this young team is going to bring a lot of firepower, and it's going to be really fun to see. And they've gotten two wins over the last two games, so they're coming in red hot. And, of course, they're going to take it one game at a time, like they always have, they always will, program motto, and hopefully play some really good volleyball on Friday night. Yeah, it's going to be a sick time, especially against Wisconsin Parkside, who is a opponent that we've historically seen success from. I oh, think yeah. I what, 8-0 from your paper that you showed me? 8-0 in the, the last past, eight. Uh, past eight. So, and we, I mean, last year we went 3-0 three, 
three sets to none against them. So yes. it's going to be a good time, especially seeing that we're going to be open up Wink for the first time this yes. year to the public. So that'll be really cool, especially to see are the new video boards getting in already? I'm not sure, actually. Well, I guess Maybe. We'll see. Oh, I guess now you have to go. Friday. Now you have to go. I guess we'll see on Friday. That'll be pretty sick. Yeah, going to so. have to see you. But yeah, definitely going to be fun. A young team uh, with a lot of firepower, a lot of great players. A lot of great stories, especially with the Anderson Twins playing together. So, going to be super fun. Going to be a really fun game. Um, definitely a great one to start it off. And you look at a lot of the things on paper, um, and we definitely had the advantage over Parkside. So, uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to. And I think, hopefully, we play really well. We get to see a lot of the other players uh, mm-hmm. being able to step in and play some play some matches and play in some sets So uh, over the next couple games. So, we hope this is just the springboard. Before keep on going forward throughout the season, because yeah. it's going to be a long season. Especially, and you gotta you gotta get out there because after this game, it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, six game road road stint. Yes, according to my sheet of broadcasting duties, September thirtieth. They ain't going to be back till the end of the end of the month. The thirtieth is the next time you'll have to wait until to watch Bulldog volleyball. But there will be more in there uh, sprinkled, and there's a big homestand. Um, near the end of October mm-hmm. and early November, so uh, gonna have to if you're gonna you're gonna have to go watch. You're gonna have to go watch on Friday. You're gonna have to look for the new video boards and even I think uh, with the I'm really curious to see how concessions are because those that haven't been in the sports complex, they actually implemented the Bulldog Bistro like deli restaurant thing oh, yeah, in you're there. Talking about that, yeah. So that's what is in there. Uh, I actually went to go get a uh, pulled pork sandwich today, but ended up having to run into a meeting. Of course, always happens. Uh, but definitely, I had the pulled pork the other day, as we mentioned on the last podcast. Oh my gracious, Joe knows it smelled good. Dude, I know it tasted good. I know. <laughs> only, I know what I, I know yeah, what it's about. It's only five bucks too. Unless you have a swipe, you can use a swipe mm-hmm. or Bulldog bucks. One of your, one of your choices, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the whole Wink Arena, Engelglaben, getting the upgrades. Stuff's changing, man. It's changing for better. Big Rapids is looking up. I'm not going to lie. Come to the B-Rap, baby. Be a all part of gotta this. All we got to do now. So cool. All we got to do now is just change up the hockey arena because that thing is arguably pretty terrible. <laughs> it's I, pretty I'm terrible. Gonna cut, I'm going to sure cut That thing is pretty bad. Yes. I, it's definitely one of the more unique, I would say, um, just with the half-bowl design, but I know Joe wants to make it a full bowl. I know he does. Always wants to. And all you have to do, Joe, is you just have to make it all the way up in architecture, uh, being able to grad, be able to have a doctorate, and then you can present the plan to make a full dome. Hey, my sister did graduate from the architecture program. Wait, did she really? Yeah, actually. Now you have some leeway. So there we go. Now you have some leeway. Okay. I can pull some strings. I'm connected. I'll, I'll figure it out. Got to talk to Mr. Bronkelbank about that That's one. That's true. So I'll we, go talk to Mr. Ron Sneed on the board of trustees. Oh, that is true. Like, Yo, we need a new f- hockey arena. We should bring him on the show, actually. Ron should, Sneed? Huh? Any, all of them. Won. All the above. You guys need to let us know who we need to bring on the show because we have a lot of ideas, but we know you guys want to hear some specific people on the show. And I'm sure it overlaps. So let us know on Instagram and Twitter what we want to see on the show, and we will try to make it happen as much as we can because people are busy. <clears throat> And people have other stuff they have to do, including me exactly. and Joe. But we make sure to get the content out to you guys. But anyway, finishing up Bulldog scoreboard. Tennis will actually be in action. Fall season starts. They'll be at, they'll be at Davenport starting tomorrow and Saturday. Um, so good luck to them in GR in Caledonia. We hopefully pick up a pair of wins. And uh, golf is also in fall action on oh. the 12th and the 13th. 
um, which is Sunday and Monday. That's huge. Um, and it, maybe it continues to Tuesday? Uh, no, I don't think it continues to Tuesday. But they'll be at University of Indy in Joe's favorite city in Indiana, that being Carmel. Um, so we'll be able to go Whoa. travel there. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, there's just for effect. You don't like Carmel? I've never been. Oh, I, th- I was talking about like the, you know, oh, the, the chocolate. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The like dessert. Yeah. Like caramel, like weather originals. So. Okay. I have a candle that smells like caramel. Oh, really? Yeah. No it would, if you had to make an ice cream sundae, would you put caramel on it? Caramel syrup. No, I'm more of a. Or would like you just do chocolate? Peanuts, chocolate. Oh. And then. Uh, so you're like, like, let's I'll make put it a. some s- banana on there. Let's make it a sundae, like banana split. Yeah, type I worked thing. at an ice cream shop. Did you really? Yeah. Wait, where at? We this is high quality radio right <laughs> <are you> here. <laughs> I didn't actually I know this. I didn't actually know this. this. I didn't actually know this. Pizza store, my sophomore and junior year of high school. Oh, you told me you worked at a pizza store. I didn't know it was an ice cream shop too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. If when people ordered, uh, whatever it was, uh, banana splits or like Sundays, worst thing ever. Really? Those things took like five minutes to make. Oh man, that's brutal. It was the worst. Anyway, Joe knows pizza and ice cream. That's what we've learned today. I can make pizza. I can make a real good pizza. I believe that. I'm going to have to come over and try some of your pizza. Seems pretty well, I don't good. work there anymore. You have to buy it. But but you still know how to you know how to make pizza I know pizza how to make good. a pizza, yeah. Yeah, so you know how to make a good pizza. It's not just throw. Sometimes it could the, be. I cook it to pizza. Yeah, let's cook it to pizza. But anyway, we're distracted. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. NFL and more right after this. Nearing the two-year anniversary of this podcast, Brandon and I have found that Anchor.fm is one of the only things that have been able to keep us up and going here in the studio. Anchor is a great way to distribute your podcast as well as edit and basically make sure that everything's running smoothly. If you want to start your own podcast, go on over to Anchor.fm. You can learn all the ins and outs of making your own podcast, distributing content, all that good stuff. That's what we use. That's what we recommend. Anchor.fm. Give it a shot. Second half, we're back. NFL is also back. And we got Can the wait. week one slate Can on wait. deck. We're going to go through. We're going to pick each game by game. We're going to maybe compile this over the whole we'll season. Keep it, we'll keep a list down, and yeah. we'll keep a scoreboard up in the studio. Okay. We're doing it. We're well, all in. I'll get the piece of paper out, and I'll He's write it down. He's got it right now. Pencil and paper. You hear that paper flipping? Oh, yes. We're going to get this recorded. Uh, let us know what the punishment should be for the loser. I think we could make this very embarrassing, but we sh- probably shouldn't. We'll keep it. We'll certainly keep it reasonable. Um, we'll figure out a punishment later. Yeah. So, all right. Starting tonight, as this is recorded. Um. So, in case you might listen to this tomorrow, yes, this is going to be time stamped. It for is nine eight two thousand and twenty two today. Correct. Four oh six p.m. Yes. Time stamp that so we're not going to be looking like we made picks after the game ended. Um. Bills Rams at LA. I'll start this off quick and easy. I'm going to pick the Rams simply because Sean McVay has not lost quite yet at home in season openers. I probably just jinxed it myself and the Bills will win and you'll probably know why because uh not because of the way they played because Brandon Worth from the Most Valuable Sports podcast definitely jinxed it. Uh but the Rams play well at SoFi and they play well at the beginning of the year at SoFi. Um, with the season that they're bringing back. The Bills are going to bring some firepower. Mm -hmm. Bye, Miller's going to be back in L.A., but I think the Rams will get it done because I think the Bills, uh, with their changing of dynamic, they also got some things to figure out defensively and offensively. Uh, The Rams definitely looking like the team maybe just a little bit ranked higher, and, of course, the Bills will be heavily favored, so they'll probably lose. 
That is true. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree, Brandon. I think the Bills are going to be able to take this one over. Uh, I think especially with Stephon Diggs and and especially, like you said, Von Miller now being on the Bills, it's going to add for them a, you know, defensive threat that they didn't really have last year too much. And especially with the offensive firepower with Josh Josh Allen's scramble ability, Stephon Diggs can get out in space. Rams, they have Cooper Cup and they have Matt Stafford. But, you know, Odell is a free agent. He's not on the team, so they don't have that other guy to target at all. And, I mean, they do have Aaron Donald, and they do have Jalen Ramsey. But I think Josh Allen and the Bills are going to be able to go into SoFi. It pains me because I want Matt Stafford to win. But also, Josh Allen is my fantasy quarterback this week. So oh, I have a little bit of bias. Why. I have a little bit of bias, but I think Bills are going to take this one. Do you want to do score predictions as well? Oh, are we going to do score predictions? I mean, I, I don't think we'll keep track of it, but okay. we'll just toss it out uh, there. 30-27 is what I, I got. It's going to be 27 to like 25. All right, there you go. So that's game one. Uh, what, also, what a great game to start it off with. I mean, Absolutely. On. Beautiful, beautiful game. Great job for Thursday Night Football. They debut Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. So, hey, if you don't have NFL Plus or NFL Network, you can watch on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime. So going to be really cool. I think it's what Al Michaels and Kurt Herbstreit going to be on the call. I think that's for not Thursday a night terrible football. duo. Yeah, like I'm excited to see how that goes. It's really going to be not a fun. terrible duo at all. Yeah. All right. To Sunday games. One o'clock on Fox. Saints at Falcons. Ooh, mm, this is a this toughie. Um, I'm I, not sure. I think I'm going to go. Sorry. I don't think I got Jared Bernhardt. I mean, yeah, I can't bet against Jared Bernhardt, right? Uh, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go with the Saints in this one. And the reason why is uh, Atlanta will be at home, uh, but Atlanta lost a lot of firepower offensively. I mean, no Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan's not under center anymore, uh, and they still got guys banged up. So I think this could be a game that the Saints can skid out firing. Um, they got all their offense back um, from last year almost, and then some. We got We might see Mike Thomas finally catch a football from Jameis Winston. Um, with Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Callaway, and then, of course, you have Alvin Kamara there. And New Orleans defense is very underrated. So I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. I'm going to go final of 27 to – actually, no, 28 to 14. This is could be a big one. I'm going to say it's going to be two scores. I will be happily when I am wrong. I think it's also going to be Saints mainly because I just don't think, especially with the quarterback situation uh, with Atlanta, they're obviously going to save Desmond Ritter, so at least Marcus Mariota to kind of lead him to anything. And I just don't think Marcus Mariota has what it takes to be able to come out, especially as a starting quarterback, to get a lot of wins. And a depleted Falcons team against a Saints team who doesn't have the same firepower as they used to, but they got Jameis Winston, who's a good throwing throwing quarterback to an extent. He loves to throw the football. Is it going to be accurate every time? No, but he's going to do it so much that he's going to have his interceptions and his touchdowns equal out eventually, as we've seen when he is with Tampa Bay. But I think the Saints are going to be able to go in and really upset the Falcons at home. So I'm going to go Saints. It'll probably be a little bit more lower scoring. We'll go 14 to... 14 to 17. That'll be okay. a close one. Okay, 14 to 17. That seems very reasonable. Saints all around, though. Yeah, Saints all around. And next game. Ooh, I actually didn't actually realize that this was a matchup until just now. I need to actually pay a little bit more attention. This one is a little sneaky that I have on my card. It's the Patriots and the Dolphins in week one. This is a toughie. It's going to be at Miami. Um, This is a, whoa. I didn't actually realize this is going to be a hard one to pick, and it's going to be. Uh, The projected score on Caesar is 24-22 in favor of the Dolphins. I'm going to have to, I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with the Patriots, and here's why. Team offensively, 
I'm not going to be concerned about as far as being able to score all over the place. But I think with the Dolphins, they have such a unique offense that it's going to take a little bit of time to figure it out. I think they have weapons. I think they have the defense. But I think the Patriots have a little bit more than people think they do. So I'm going to pick the Dolphins here, excuse me, the Patriots here over the Dolphins, even though in my gut I think the Dolphins might win. I just think Bill Belichick might have just a little trick up his sleeve against, uh, or is it Mike McDonald that's the new coach there? Um, so I think that the Patriots will win barely in this one. Maybe shock some people, and I won't be too surprising, I don't think, if it does end this way. But I'm sure Dolphins will be heavily picked, and I'm just going to go against majority. So uh, 24-21, final, Patriots win. It's going to be a house divide here, Brandon. I'm going to go Dolphins. That's respect. I think uh, Tua, especially seeing how if you listen to the fantasy podcast, I said that Tua is probably going to be a breakout player this year for fantasy uh, points-wise. And I think especially with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and the, the targets that he has now are going to be a situation where he's can he can kind of thrive and he has running ability. I just think that the Patriots defense is a little bit more depleted than it has been in years past. Mac Jones still is probably is, is a great quarterback and he will probably lead up to a fight. But two Alabama boys facing off against each other. I think it's going to be Dolphins. We'll say 21. No, 27-14. Two scores. Ooh, two scores. That one's bold. I like it, though. Uh, next one, revenge game. Cleveland against Carolina, week one. Uh, this is going to be on CBS at Carolina. Last time these two teams met, it was 2018. The Browns won by six. Uh, this is a toughie to me, man. I think... Dang, this one is going to be a good game. Yeah, I do. I don't know why, but I'm going to go Panthers. I think the Browns have a better team. I think they have a good defense. But this seems like, to me, a game that the Panthers just will win. You don't think it's going to happen. You, I don't want to be like all in on the Panthers this year, even though it might just kind of happen that way. But if I remember correctly, the Panthers have won three straight season openers now. And they just figure out how to win it early. I mean, last year we were talking about them being potential playoff contenders with Sam Darnold at quarterback after winning three straight games. I don't think it's going to happen that way, but the Browns, they got some guys banged up. They have a lot of receivers that haven't had the same quality experience of playing time like David Moore uh, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's in the receiver two role, but he's normally that flex three or four, so he's going to have a big role. I think there's a lot of filling in of shoes, and I wouldn't be surprised if Baker Mayfield... Just comes out, woke up dangerous, and he's just going to torch the Browns for uh, a big game offensively. But I don't think it's going to be that. Uh, it's going to be that much of a blowout. Uh, I'm going to go with Baker and the Panthers to win this one, just barely. I'm going to go with a 31 to 30 final in this one. I like that pick too. I was kind of thinking that as well, seeing that it's going to be Baker versus his former team. Uh, I think he's going to have like a little, not animosity or anything, but he definitely just wants to prove a point that he's not much of, or that he still is a guy who can lead a team to a lot of wins. And the Browns just got rid of him for Deshaun Watson and that whole sticky situation going on there. So I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. Not as high scoring. I think it's going to probably be just over double digits for both teams. We'll do like 10-14. Okay, 10-14. That would make more sense, I feel like, in Cleveland. Um, but, hey, you never know. It might end up that way in Carolina as well. Next one, San Fran at Chicago. Uh, not going to waste too much time with this one. I'm going with the 49ers. The Bears definitely seem to be the team that might 
just be the bottom of the barrel coming into this year. And yeah. that's talking from Alliance fans' perspective. Yeah. They yeah. don't look good. I will be strictly honest with that. One of my buddies is a Bear fan. Shout out to Steven if he's listening. But this team is just not quite there yet. And I think San Fran's got a well-polished team. As long as they stay stinking healthy, they'll be fine. They won last year at Soldier Field. I think they will do so once again. I think this one will end 35-23. I actually think I've gotten that score correct for in another game. So, hey, might be watching 35-23. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be that bold. Uh, I also think the 49ers are going to win. I don't think that the Bears are at a point where they could really match the 49ers in any way. They could come out and shock the world, but I think the 49ers are just, you know, light years ahead of where the Bears think they are, and where the Bears think they are is light years ahead of where they actually are. So, I'm going to go 49ers. We'll go 27 to 7. Ooh, wow. Seven points for the Bears. That's rough, but hate to say it. Could be realistic. Uh, next game, NFC North bout in Cincinnati. The Bengals and the Steelers facing off on CBS. Uh, I think the over-under in this game is 44 and a half. And I think it'll be low. I, it could be lower than that if it's just like this is, I think, a really good, uh, I think, a really good stature where this game's at. Because you would expect Cincinnati to put up a lot of offense. But Steelers, they're stingy. They're always a stingy team. You know, Steel Curtain. They have, one of, the, yeah, they have the, one of the best defenses in, in, the, uh, in the league. Yeah. It seems like almost year after year. But it has been depleted in years past. And we saw that. I think it was November Yeah, November 27th. I just checked to make sure. Uh, last year, when the Bengals torched them at home, yeah. it was like forty. It was forty-one to ten uh, that game, according to records. So I'm going to stick with that pattern. I'm going to go with Joe Burr and the Bengals. I think their offense is absolutely stout, but I think their defense has gotten better this offseason. I really like what they did there. Uh, they locked up Jesse Bates at least for now. We'll see uh, what happens in a couple of years. He might be a free agent after. Uh, a couple years he might be leaving, but while he's there, he's a dog in the secondary. I think their secondary's gotten better, and the Steelers aren't going to be able to throw the football as much as I think as people are going to realize um, from Cincinnati's pass rush. I'm going to go with a 28 to, I'm going to say 18 score. Don't ask me how we got there, but that's just the first thing that came up my two mind. Are pretty, two are pretty like off things. Yeah. If you get that right, then I would say it's you a shame that you first. didn't bet on that. You heard it here first. That is true. 28-18. Uh, I'm also going to go to the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow, and I like Evan McPherson. Uh, you know, Money McPherson, I think he's going to probably step it up this game. Mm-hmm. I think he'll probably have – I have I have a feeling – it's probably not going to be right, but I have a feeling that he's going to have like – Three field like three field goals. He's mm-hmm. gonna have nine points this, yeah. this game. Like, Could be. Like they're gonna probably struggle a little bit early on, uh, probably first and second quarter. Uh, with kind of like they'll make it to the red zone, but just kind of finishing the job, and they'll make they'll give Money McPherson the call. Be like, yo, get a quick three. And yeah, he's gonna do that probably three times, and I think that's when the Bengals are probably gonna start it up. But I'm also gonna go Bengals. I'll say twenty, twenty one to fourteen. That seems realistic. I like that score. Uh, moving on, this is going to be uh, a very good contest. Uh, it's definitely one that I think could be a little bit underrated um, as far as TV production is concerned, but I think it might turn into a pretty solid game just for where the teams are at. Jacksonville and Washington, very yeah. interesting game on Fox. Uh, both teams not looking good from what we kind of saw last year, but are all in new states, new guys under center, new schemes, uh, lots of storylines in the offseason for both teams. The last time this game was played was 16-13 to back in 2018. 
Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bold here. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. On the seems strange, I know. That's uh, a choice at FedEx Field, but I think this is a revenge game. I think Jacksonville has gotten a lot better offensively. Dude, Washington's banged up. They got a lot of guys on the injury report. So, and I'm gonna be very concerned. Um, for how this Washington offense is going to be with Carson Wentz. Now, when they prove me wrong in week two, then I'll start getting back on their train again. But until that, I've picked with Carson Wentz too many times. I'm not going to make the mistake, at least for this time, and we'll see what next week. So I'm going to say Jacksonville sneaks out of this one. It might fool the experts a little bit. I doubt that that will happen. Uh, I think the commanders are going to probably two scores above the Jaguars. I mean, you got Thibodeau, but... what are you gonna like? What What are you gonna do? Like he's a rookie. Like he's gonna have his welcome to the NFL moment uh, this game. And it's even if it's the Commanders who don't have the best offensive line, season season vets usually are better than freak athlete rookies most of the time because they can kind of handle that a little bit better. Trevor Lawrence is just gonna have the same thing. He's gonna you know try to do his best. He's not gonna get any time in the pocket. It's just gonna be a dumpster fire for them. Commanders are gonna play pretty well. They are depleted, like you said. However, I think Carson Wentz is just a little bit better when it comes down to games where it's just gonna be scrappy rather than kind of a blowout. So it'll probably be twenty. I'll say twenty-one seven. Twenty-one seven. All right. Twenty-one seven. Commanders. We'll have to wait and see on that one, my friend. Uh, uh, I think I'm going to be right there, Brandon. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll Brando. have to find out. I don't think I'm. F- I don't think it's crazy to pick Jacksonville as much. It's as not a crazy pick, but it's the wrong one. Oh, we'll have to wait and see, I, my friend. Anyway, uh, Jets against the Ravens. This one at New York. Uh, no wasting time. Am I going to pick with Joe Flacco? No. Baltimore wins this one. You know what? Give me the forty bomb. Forty-two to seventeen. Mm. We might be a little bit too high on the Jets. Zach this Wilson's year. got that dog in him. I mean, you got Sauce Gardner He's not as playing, well. though. Oh, that is true. He's it's out, Joe Flacco he? season. Otherwise, uh, mm. I would give them a little more better. You got doubt. Sauce Gardner who can, who hasn't allowed a single catch in preseason. Yeah, but he can't be the one that's covering Lamar Jackson 24 7. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So we're going to go Ravens as well. <laughs> I won't go as crazy, but I'll say like 35 to. I'll say 35 17. I think later in the game, Jets will probably score two scores. Sounds good. And anyway, speeding on over, we have to do this one, unfortunately. More it's bad radio. The Lions and the Eagles. This is a tough Lions one. all the way, baby. I want so can we make a pact that yeah. we can pit we will pick the Detroit Lions for every week of the season and just because we don't we can't go against our blue blooded Kool Aid hearts. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm picking them anyways because I believe in yes, our boys. Do I'm it. picking them anyways. Do it. Okay, dude. Let me tell you what. All right, you might say like, oh, like dude, like you're yeah, you your blinders on whatever that may be. All right, listen here. You got Malcolm Rodriguez who in Rodrigo! preseason was lights out. He's a hard hitter. You got uh Aiden Hutch, you got Aiden Hutch who was also playing really solid. He's gonna be able to squeak through a couple times. Eagles don't have the greatest offensive line either. You have on our offense, Panay Sewell is in his sophomore season. He's gonna be able to really step it up when it comes to giving Jared Goff a little bit more time. You got Amara St. Brown, DJ Chark, who's gonna be the two guys who are gonna be uh the main focuses. We got good guys. I think it's just our secondary in on the defense that we're gonna have to watch out for. And if we can just make Jalen Hurts scramble a little bit. Our linebackers, Rodrigo and Hutchinson, will probably do some business there. It's going to be a close one. I'd say 20, we'll say 21 to 20. 
Oh, yeah. Lions. That seems like the consensus of three scores each side. I like that one. I think the Lions can do – I think the Lions can make some noise in their first game. I'm definitely looking forward to here. Uh, Philadelphia's a better team, but that doesn't mean they're going to be. And I'm certainly going in the underdog mentality week one, full ahead of steam. Um, so I'll pick the Lions Absolutely. here 30-21. to 21. Once again, this pick is a wild card. It's not going to matter for records because we're the homers. Because uh, it only matters if they win. Yeah, it only matters if they win. It's a bonus pick for being Kool Aid fans. So, yeah, ha! Yeah. It's our show. It's our rules. Honolulu ha ha! Blue, have baby. at it. Uh, final one o'clock game: Texans and Colts. Uh, I'm picking the Colts on the road. Yeah, I Colts think, as well. I think they got what it takes. I don't think it's going to be it's not that hard explosive offense, but the defense is better. It is also it is also not hard to beat the Texans. It's not that hard to beat the Texans. Yeah, uh, thirty-five. 21. Seems standard enough. 35-21. Yeah, true. I'll probably say like 30-7. to seven. Okay. That seems realistic. Uh, Four o'clock games we go. Uh, That's all the one o'clock games I believe we have. We think the same too much, Brandon. I'm looking we over this. Do. We picked the same thing for like one. Well, I'll see about two, the three. Well, also, these are pretty one-sided contests for the Yeah, first some week. of them are. And I try to be bold just to mix it up, you know. We got to have good radio once Yeah, me another. too. But, I mean, dude. Step it up a little bit. Now, yeah, bro. we'll stick with the one-sided ones in this one. Tennessee and the Giants. I'm going to go Tennessee here. Uh, I'm going to pick them to win. Is Saquon back? For the Giants? Yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll see. There's oh, a chance. Okay. I, There's I, a chance. I like what the Titans have defensively, offensively. Um, just ride Derrick Henry. Yeah. Giants defensive line isn't as good as their secondary, so I'm going to give the Titans a benefit of the doubt. And I'm gonna pick them to win. We'll say by I think this one I'm gonna give I'm gonna get one of Joe's classic low scores. I'm gonna go twenty one seventeen. Titans Respect. win. Respect. Here's the thing. I think now that I think about it, I think the Giants could win this one. Oh boy. Here because we go. if you look at it, don't know who their receivers are, to be honest. Don't really care, to also be honest. However, <laughs> you have Danny Dimes at quarterback, who sixty percent of the time, pretty all right quarterback. But you have Saquon returning. So, if he starts to play well and, you know, you give him the ball a lot more and he's feeling good, who are they going to target? Saquon. They're going to leave some receivers out for one-on-ones. You can do kind of an RPO and give it to Saquon. And if, even if you give it to him late, he'll still be able to make something happen. But by the off chance that your receivers kind of get open a little bit, you'll be able to do some with it. I'm not too certain how well the Titans secondary is that they'll be able to lock down anything like that. But I think if Saquon has a good game back and they don't, waste him but they make it so that he's comfortable if they can kind of make them fo- make him focus on Saquon or their receivers can kind of step up where they take a little bit of gas off Saquon then that they have a chance to win all right so I'm gonna go Giants most likely this can be a wrong one and I'm gonna have the egg on hey, my we face. gotta take our chances but that's Joe. the thing we can't just be consensus if it's right if it's right you know how cool that's gonna be yeah I guess that you're going against all the experts uh we'll do it's gonna be low scoring I guarantee it on the Giants side, at least. We'll go 14-10 Giants. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is low. Hey, Brian Dable, though, could be another start. That's uh, true. Next one. Green Bay, Minnesota. This one's tough. It's this at one is Minnesota. Two, uh, of the better, two of the best teams in the NFC North. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Green Bay. I like what um, fansided.com when I was reading about this because um, I was definitely having a trouble with a couple of these ones for picks. And I was looking for insight. And um, I think Minnesota under Kevin O'Connell is very good. I think they're a really good offense. Um, but the Packers still have a really solid defense. And I think Aaron Rodgers can be able to control the game a little bit more, uh, especially with Aaron Jones on the ground with A.J. Dillon. 
So I'm going to think that Green Bay is going to try to take the tempo out of this one. Uh, I think they're overall the better team as of right now. So I'm going to go with the Packers. I think this one's going to be a lot closer uh, than people think it will. I'm going to go 38-35. to I think the defenses will need a wake-up call going into rooms Monday morning. Hmm. I'm also going to go Packers. All right. I, I don't know. I am a little bit skeptical because Packers receiving isn't the best. Uh, but, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers, who will probably just put it in the bread basket for him anyways. And the Vikings, I feel like, are going to have a slow start this year. They're probably going to finish well. They're probably going to finish either first or last. I think they're, they're it's either going to be a dumpster fire or it's going to be one of their best seasons in the past, like, five years, five, okay. six years. But I'm going to go Packers for the start off because I just don't think they're going to – they're not going to have the wheels on the bus at this point. Oh, but yeah. they might have the wheels on the bus by week two, week three, and they'll kind of go on a little bit of run. But Packers, 27 to 20. Okay. There we go. Kansas City against Arizona. This one will be in the desert, not literally, figuratively. Um, <laughs> the way this is written. The word that comes to mind for the Cardinals this offseason is chaotic. <laughs> and I don't like that at all. Uh, it seems to be almost a circus for at least a couple weeks it was there. Uh, Kansas City's been all business. I will be happily to be wrong because I'm sure this will shake up the AFC uh, West thoughts on this division. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and I think it's realistic that we see a much better uh, Kansas City offense than people are expecting because they still have Mahomes under center. Uh, running will be interesting because I think Arizona has a little bit of a, an advantage under the trenches, but the Chiefs did upgrade their offensive line a little bit, so I think true. they will be fine, and their defense is going to be studs. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, so weird. It's so hard to find like unique scores. I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go. I think so too. I think it's gonna be 41 to 34. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've said that one yet. 31 th- or 41 34. Go Chiefs. All right, sick. Uh, Chiefs lost a lot of speed. Even though if it's just Tyreek, they True. lost a lot of speed. They drew. Uh, they replenished it with Juju, but Juju's in later years of his career. He's still in his prime, but I think the later year of his, years of his prime. And Cardinals. Their defense is starting to step it up a little bit. Their offense, I mean, they don't have D-Hop because he's suspended, unfortunately. Boom. However, I did pick him up for my bench in fantasy, so we'll Ooh. see how that goes. Kind of playing the long game with Sneaky. that one. Um, but I think especially with what Cardinals have and with just the the slower offense that the Chiefs are going to have to go with, I think the Cardinals' defense is going to keep them in it. Especially with J.J. Watt and stuff, I think they're going to be able to really pressure Mahomes to... I mean, pressure is Mahomes' middle name, but I think they're going to be able to make it just so that way he's just a little bit more uncomfortable than usual. So I'm going to go Cardinals 35 to to 30. Okay, 35-30. AFC West, bow. Chargers, Raiders. This one seems very, very tough. And I'm going to, I'm really, really interested to see what we see from Darren Waller because he's not been at training camp. So I'm wondering if he's going to be a little slow out of the gates, but they have a lot of round and a good defense. The Chargers are also a good team. I think this might be the sneaky game of the week because obviously we have the Bills and Rams tonight and then the Bucks Cowboys for Sunday night. So mm-hmm. that's going to be good matchups. But I think this will be the best game. I think it's going to end in one. And to be honest, I probably will flip a coin with this one. And as much as I want to do it, my buddy Brennan would absolutely love for me to pick the Raiders. And, you know, he did do me a favor last week. So I'm going to go with the Raiders just barely um, just to change things up. I'm going to go 31-30 in this game. I think it's going to be 
an absolute barn burner um, and that we will see the Chargers play well. I think the Raiders will be a little bit grittier. Uh, I'll be happy to be wrong, uh, but we'll see the Raiders potentially win this one by one. And I'm sure, Joe, you would love to split the table on this one. Wait, who'd you say? Sorry, I was looking at some. Come on, man. Raiders. <laughs> I picked the Raiders. <laughs> I'm actually, I don't know, because I have, no, Chargers. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. It's got to be Chargers. I was, I was like, you're going to pick against the Chargers? Sorry, I was checking. Like, I had a notification on my phone about Canvas, so I had to quick check that. Yeah. My bad. We're students. Classes come first, hey, everybody. Sorry. We're smart people. My apologies. Ba- terrible radio. Uh, I'm going to go Chargers. I think their defense is really going to step it up, uh, especially seeing that Waller's probably not going to have the greatest game back, seeing that he missed most of camp, uh, most miss, most, uh, missed most of the preseason and stuff like that, as well as... Jay Herbert is a good quarterback, and he's going to really be able to lead these guys to a good a good situation where I think they're going to start it off pretty solid. These guys were basically a play away from being a playoff team last year, and the Raiders. I mean, this was that this is going to be a rematch of that game. So I yep. think Chargers are going to come in with a little bit of a vengeance. I don't think Derek Carr is going to be able to, especially seeing if Darren Waller plays bad, and they just got to focus with Devontae Adams. I think that's going to be not the best thing for him. So I'm going to go Chargers twenty one to. 17. Okay, 21-17. Uh, final two games, very fast. Tampa against Dallas. I'm going to try uh, to stay on the underdog train as much as I can. Unfortunately, this game will derail it because, uh, to me, it's very obvious that this could be a game the Buccaneers win. Just don't trust the Cowboys, what their personnel is right now. They can prove me wrong. Uh, I mean, we saw what happened in last year's playoff game, and that one really kind of scarred me for life to ever think about Dallas being a good team again, to be frankly honest. Uh, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in this one. Uh, I think Father Time, Mr. Tom Brady, or whatever Travis calls him by his full name, the, the arguably greatest of all time, will step up. And I think the Buccaneers' offense will have no problem moving the football. And I think their defense is still as good as people say that it is. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay final in this one, 34-28. Tampa Bay wins. Respect. I'm going to go also Tampa Bay. Okay. Because I just I don't know. The Cowboys just don't seem like they have, they have it all right now. Seeing that Zeke just is way too big. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, I don't know. Is he out right now? Questionable? Who? CD Lamb, uh, I think he should play. Right, he should play. Yeah, uh, and then you got Gallup will not play. You got Mister Bum Ankle at a uh, quarterback. quarterback. So, uh, Buccaneers probably. I think Tom's gonna come out with it. Twenty-five to twenty-five seventeen. Okay, there you go. Final game. This one's easy. Broncos, Seattle. One, two, three. Broncos go. country. Yes, let's, let's ride. ride. Let's go. Uh, Denver wins thirty-five thirteen. You heard it here first. It's gonna be an absolute bloodbath. I agree with that statement. Good picks. Anyway, those are our picks. Make sure you comment when we're absolutely wrong. No, I'm just kidding. We have hurt feelings. We're sensitive, so please don't do that. But when we do make a good pick, shout us out that we made the pick. So uh, you can follow those along. We'll keep track of those this season. We thank you for listening into this extended episode. Make sure you subscribe on all of our podcast platforms, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, YouTube. And don't forget to check out the link tree in our bio for sure. We'll be covering the Ferris State Sports and more all semester long. Good stuff, Joe. Take care, everybody.